Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next generation of energy brought to you by Rosewater Energy Group. I'm Tyler Kern, your host, joined as always by Joe Piccarilli. Joe, good to talk to you, to talk to you today. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Well, thank you, Tyler. It's good to talk to you as well, and I'm looking forward to today's podcast. I am as well, and today we're we're talking a little bit about some of the lessons that you at Rosewater have learned over the years when it comes to installing product and so, so much more. And so um, I think this is going to be a really interesting topic, just drawing on your experiences uh, in the industry and your experience with these products, and that's what I'm really excited to talk about. And so, um, so Joe, from your perspective, just in terms of working with customers, working with clients, things like that. What sorts of expectations have they had when it comes to products? And what have you noticed over the years in terms of uh, what people are looking for? Well, it's a great question. And it's really, it's hard for me to do that in just a few words. And of course, I've never been a man of few words. So, but, you know, when Rosewater began, products that were considered power products were really based in racks. They were very small, very small capacity and we at Rosewater were convinced that, you know, now was the time to build something that was substantial that could back up a panel. And in the beginning, we thought, well, maybe a 100 amp panel would be enough to back up critical loads. And, you know, that was certainly bigger than anybody else was offering. And people thought we were out of our minds. And we started out by offering two products, a 100 amp product and a 200 amp product. Now, just so people know, most services for uh, very large homes start at 400 amps. So our 200 amp product would cover essentially half the house. Um, and as it turned out, because we thought based on price point and size that the 100 amp product would be the seller, we couldn't have been more wrong. And, you know, we within six months, we discontinued the 100 amp product. And we found that this 200 amp was our sweet spot because it, it allowed a sub-panel of critical loads that people wanted to protect. And once we started convincing people that it wasn't just backup power, it wasn't just if your power's out, you have you know, a substitute for a generator, but it was about power quality. Then people really locked on to the 200 amps. And of course, one of the other decisions we made was uh, to make sure it could fit into a single cabinet. So this is a very large, the cabinet's 84 inches tall. The cabinet is two and a half feet wide and about two feet deep. And unfortunately weighs 2,400 pounds. So, uh, and as people got used to having the device, they're going, wow, this is a really cool device. And we'd go, you know, we'd like one in our condo and pick your place. And I'm going, oh, really? What floor is your condo on? <laughs> and they would go, yeah, we're on the 27th floor. We have the penthouse or something. And I'm going, well, most multi-story units, the floors won't support more than 350 pounds a square foot. Our device, unfortunately, loads at about 800 pounds a square foot. So we... <laughs> Just all we could imagine was somebody putting one in and it's, you know, right out of the uh, old comedy and it falls through 20 floors of a building, hitting a car and the parking structure in the bottom. So we're going, okay, we're limiting our market by having it. You know, how do we, without compromising capacity or anything like that, how do we minimize floor load so we could take advantage of people's second and third residences? And so that we put that sort of, we kept a file of, you know, if we could change things, what would we change? And and that was certainly one of them. And 
Um, you know, people got used, you know, more and more people were demanding it. Um, and as, as well as our product does in its heavy state, sitting in garages or certainly on the uh, first floor, you know, we knew that we could expand the market if we could make the floor load less. So that was certainly one lesson. Uh, you would think that, uh, you know, you got to do saw the cabinet in half, make it two, should be no problem. Well, a little more complicated than that. Um, that's certainly in our product design and our, and our product flow. And, and at near the end of this, we'll talk about all the things we learned and, you know, what you can expect from Rosewater based on what we learned. So I thought that was interesting. And, uh, you know, we started to learn some other things. People all around the world have been talking about lithium ion. I'm sure you've heard about lithium ion batteries. Uh, sometimes I think most of our audience doesn't think that there are any other battery in the world. It's all lithium. It's all gone to lithium. And we, of course, were uh, contrarian. We wanted to use lead acid batteries. And unfortunately, that contributed to our weight. Um, in the beginning, we offered both lithium and lead acid. And it turned out once the clients talked to us, nobody ever bought the lithium product, even with the weight, because, you know, there are safety issues, there are environmental issues with lithium that uh, are difficult to overcome. So, you know, that's another thing. Okay. We'd love to make it lighter weight, but we can't go to that chemistry. And, you know, how do we design a product based on what we know future chemistries might look like that will adapt so that was another kind of, okay, let's see what, what we can do. It's a little check mark. So that's kind of interesting. And then the most interesting, I think, is we thought 200 amps was a pretty good size. And people keep going, well, I need more than one of them. And I'm going, well, you know, first I look up to the heavens and say, there is a God. And then I, because you know, those are nice sales. <laughs> and then you go, well, wow, you know, why do you, because, you know, our critical loads are demand much more. And what we consider critical is, is more than what you might think is critical. So we're going, hmm. we need larger capacity because the size of our unit, it's hard enough to fit one. Fitting two is, you know, makes another challenge, a uh, more difficult challenge, because no matter how large the house, non-living space is at a premium. So, you know, the mechanical rooms, the laundry, everything is, it starts out at one size and ends up at half the size. You know, so, you know, there's, there's always a challenge for space. And, and again, that means, oh, wow, can we build a larger capacity unit and put it in the same space and then have it pass floor load. So those were kind of interesting tidbits that we picked up along the way. So it has resulted in a fairly large effort, product development effort that we suspect will come to fruition. We're hoping to show a prototype at the end of November. But what we, are, what we have developed is a unit that is both um, double the capacity. So it'll go, it'll serve a 400 amp panel. It is, comes in two cabinets that are either stackable or can sit by side, side by side. In the side by side configuration, the floor load goes down to about 300 pounds per square foot, which means it can go in high rises at the very top floor which solves that problem. 
And in the reason to make it stackable is in, as we discussed, mechanical rooms and things shrink where they have height, but they have no floor space. So we have created a unit that will do both things. And we are looking forward to introducing that product. Um, we think it solves a tremendous amount of problems. So in our, in our product roadmap, that's part of what we've learned. Um, you know, it, it is it is fascinating. And the other thing, and, and I don't know, Tyler, how, how you feel about it, but you know, we see our clients and our clients sit down and go, okay, you know, we love this so much. Can you do our whole house? <laughs> and that, and, and part of that, can we do our whole house is there's this huge misconception out there that, yeah, I can get enough batteries to power my, you know, 35,000 square foot home. And I go, I, I jokingly go, yeah, if you have another 35,000 square foot building for batteries, you might be able to pull that off. But, you know, it's, it's not going to be that easy. Uh, so it is now what Rosewater is working on is the ability to power condition a whole house and do it in a manageable space. And I'm only going to tease that product a little because that product's two years away. But uh, that's that's what we've learned. We've learned, you know, you've been with us, you've been around us for a long time, Tyler, and you know, at first we had to explain, you know, what power conditioning is and how the effects of power conditioning, and, you know, all of the internet of things and all of the things that go on in a house and how power poor power uh, quality compromises them. And now we're getting to, oh my God, I have one of these, I want to do my whole house. So let's do it. And, and we are... We are working on it, and my point, and the point of all of this is that we pay attention to the market, and that's that's, you know, we are not driven by price point. We are not driven by what the newspapers have to say. We are driven by what we hear from our clients, and I think that's very very important. So now that I've ambled on for I don't know how many minutes, <laughs> what other direction can I take you? You know, we talk uh, on a pretty regular basis on this podcast, and you you laid out some of this just there in, in your answer. But I wonder, just over over your time talking to clients and hearing what you know they are looking for and what they expect, what sorts of customer expectations have maybe been the most surprising to you, uh, or things that people said, "Hey, I would really like it if if I could do this." Has anything ever stood out to you as being particularly surprising or interesting or? Uh, or, or anything along those lines, because I, I think that that is is maybe one of the most interesting conversations that we have here on a pretty regular basis is just what consumers expect these days, what they think that a product can do versus what is actually possible. And so I'm curious, just from your perspective, what sorts of conversations have you had with customers that, that maybe stood out in your mind as being particularly interesting? I found, I, I, in fact, it happened last week. It was interesting. I was talking to uh, some potential clients. And they were, we had this house, we had a generator. We were told that we could do the whole house with the generator and that it would run forever. Well, they were in a situation where they had a power outage that went for two weeks. And they were living in the house and running everything as if they had grid power. And they were shocked that after five days, they were out of fuel. And, and they're going, we went from partying like it was, you know, 1999 to, hey, we're in the dark ages. And I'm going, 
who told you that would run for two weeks or longer? And it, it is it is managing that kind of expectation that has been most interesting because people really do not want to change their lifestyle. What do you mean I have to to worry about my wine coolers, my my thousand bottle wine cellar? What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean I can't turn on my double oven? You know that draws unbelievable amounts of power. <laughs> and you mean I can't invite the entire neighborhood over for a party and turn on every light in the house? Uh, no, you can't. And and it is it's fascinating. People want their conveniences, and it, it is it is very difficult to change people's habits because in the in the light of rational thinking, oh, there's a power outage. You might want to think I should conserve no matter what I have out there um, because nobody knows the length. Because you don't, you can't assess the damage for weeks, as you know. Being in Texas, sometimes you can't assess the damage for a month. You know? Exactly. So <laughs> we saw that firsthand. Yes. So it is. It is the the idea of what people consider critical, and what they oh, I can't live without this. What do you mean I can't charge my electric car? I'm going. Where do you think that electricity is going to come from? Or the reverse of that, I, I just saw this ad. I couldn't believe they said this out loud. Oh, my vehicle will, my, the battery in my vehicle, when it's not in use, will run your whole house. I'm going, okay. And they never mentioned, of course, how large a house they could run or for how long, or the fact that if you're doing that, forget ever using your vehicle. <laughs> Because that's not going to happen, you know. But it is that kind of, you know, this statement that's this broad statement with no disclaimer that is the most difficult thing to overcome. And, and it, we find that uh, you know, clients who who end up purchasing solar and batteries, and they, without really understanding the sizing of both, they go, oh, "I have solar power. It'll run forever." I'm going, well, nighttime's kind of a problem, so let's stop the forever. You have to have enough batteries to get you through the night, if nothing else. And then you better hope it's a perfectly sunny day the next day, because not only do you have to run your house, you have to recharge your batteries. And that, you know, again, people are led down the path, and it's really not the client's fault. You know, their expectations are managed by the people who they consider experts. And it is unfortunate that sometimes people lose the ability to, to use or to do basic arithmetic because the calculations are just not that hard. And that's been our difficulty throughout the, you know, we, we're, we're really the contrarians. Look, we're going to engineer this so it will actually work. And oh, by the way, this is what you can expect. And if you start out by demanding that you want to do this, yeah, I can make that happen. But the bill is going to be in the millions. So let's get a grip. You know? so can you live with this? <laughs> and that, that's been the difference. Yeah, and I think that's why we talk about education so much on this podcast is that it's about managing expectations. It's about informing consumers so they know what to expect. And so that um, because that, that knowledge, I think, arms them with a little bit more um, just understanding about what's possible and what they can expect as far as how much something's going to cost or is this a reasonable thing to, to think that I can have or, you know, things along those lines. That's why education is such an important part of this podcast, I think. 
Exactly right. And one of the things that we've been educating people on, on this podcast, and we do every day at Rosewater, is everybody talks in terms of power outages. But the Rosewater is protecting your house when the power's on. And that's an entirely different concept. You know, people are not, because look, the average power outage lasts hours, not days, not weeks. The only ones we remember last days and weeks, but the typical power outage lasts for an hour, maybe less. But protecting all of that gear while the power's on from poor power quality is far more important than anything else you can do when we are living in the world of the Internet of Things. And, and you know, as, as you and I have discussed in the past, when you start looking at the push in the world of medicine and how we are going to have so many medical devices in our home that are connected to the net so that your telemedicine interview, the doc can get telemetry on your vital systems immediately. I mean, that really changes the world. And it really, you know, we've, we've had presidents talk about bending the cost curve. Well, that, that's a way to really bend the cost curve. And it is power quality becomes critical. Can you imagine getting a power glitch as you're in the middle of an EKG that's critical? You know, that would that'd be kind of a bummer. And you can take the EKG yourself. Uh, you know, we all have those little iPhone devices. Well, those of us in my age category have those devices where, hey, wait, I want to make sure my heart rhythms are right. So, uh, you know, all of that stuff is becoming more and more critical and the education required to get people to understand that it's not just when power's off, but your house, your stuff is not safe when power's on. And it is not because the utility is not doing its job. It is the very nature of how power is generated that creates those problems. So, you know, I found there was an interesting article yesterday or the day before in the Wall Street Journal that talked about brownouts, blackouts, and how we as a nation, if we continue down the path we are going down, have to expect more and more of them because the more you integrate renewables onto the grid, the more unstable the grid becomes. The less you are willing to invest in the infrastructure of the current fossil fuel power grid, the more difficulty we're gonna have with the grid. So it is really protecting ourselves from when the power is on that becomes more important. So I think that's it's also a realization that's slowly coming because it, you know the clients begin to realize after a while, well, nothing's happened to anything in my house. I've never had to reset anything. And it's that rosewater device. And the rosewater device sits in the background, usually in a mechanical room in a garage. And they'll go, we'll get calls saying, you know, I forgot I had this device. And I said, well, that's why you bought it. You know, I just yeah. forget you yeah. had it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked so much uh, about things like this, but I think that that like what you're mentioning as far as power quality, you know, power when your power is on is only getting more and more important as you mentioned telemedicine visits, telehealth, things like that. But also more and more people are working from home and it, it becomes more critical than ever for people to to have that good power quality because they're not going into the office and leaving their homes and just forgetting about what's going on in their home for eight or nine hours a day. Now they're actually in their homes and they need the Wi-Fi to be working on a, you know, uh, for important calls and, and, and things like that. There's an expectation now that everything is just going to always work. And 
that's not that's that's not always the case unless you do something about the power quality coming into your home. Absolutely correct. And it is, you know, the Wi-Fi thing. Imagine if you're at home, you have two teenage kids at home and your wife's at home. And, you know, the kids, God forbid, you can do anything you want to a kid, but don't turn off the Internet. You know, that's just like that's the end of the world. So, <laughs> And the bandwidth considerations and what a glitch does when you're all at home, you know, just full bore on the Web and having devices connected everywhere. People are learning that, oh, this we don't want this to happen. You know, so it really is a great point. And I I think. I think we discussed this on one podcast. There is a trend that's just beginning for what is called the wellness home, where air quality, water quality, uh, constantly measured, constantly filtered. There are air quality sensors room to room with the ability to adjust to adjust air quality room by room. And I think that because it dovetails into the uh, telehealth or health in general is going to be another huge trend. I mean, it, it, there are a couple of companies out there that are doing it. Uh, you know, it's really because it is not inexpensive to do at this moment. Uh, it is just starting. But as that trend continues, I think you will see, again, more and more demand for high quality power when the power's on. Yeah, you know, in, in, I've talked to a lot of HVAC experts and people like that who don't talk as much about indoor air quality as they used to. They talk about indoor environment quality and how air quality is part of that. But there's so many other things that can go into that, be it light, uh, you know, ambient light, noise, all of these other things that create an environment. And I think that that's going to be a bigger and bigger thing, like you're mentioning, um, that as homes become more connected, they become smarter. We can tailor them to preferences and, and things along those lines that uh, that with all the different sensors and things like you mentioned, air quality and, and, and what else, um, there's so much space to grow in that area as people begin to consider the environment in which they're inhabiting. I absolutely agree. And the point you made before, uh, it'd be an interesting study to do how much more time people are spending in their homes than they did two years ago. Because I, I suspect it's up a lot. And people are now going, well, wait a minute, if I'm here, I need to make this an enjoyable, consistent living space. And, and I think that trend will continue because, you know, entertaining in the home was something that was done years ago, that people did it all the time with larger families and friends and neighbors. And I sort of see that trend coming back now, which is great. I mean, there are many good things about being able to entertain in your home. So I think the future is right for what we're trying to do. I, I think we're doing this obviously slowly, but the realization is coming after, as I see more and more national publications taking up this, hey, wait, we need power quality. It is not just blackouts, because brownout is not a blackout. It means the voltage is, is varying, and all of a sudden you don't have as much power to your house. So we're seeing all of that, and it is not localized. It used to be, oh, that's just in California. Those people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but nope, it's happening everywhere. <laughs> so... And, you know, that's what we're hoping you will see, uh, as we talked about earlier, you will see Rosewater introducing products that we hear from our clients that are necessary for their homes. We try and solve their problems. Uh, 
it's an exciting time for us. Uh, I think it's an exciting time to be in any home-related business. So I'm, uh, I'm very bullish on the future and, you know, looking forward to it. Well, and I'm looking forward to uh, to discussing it with you and uh, and talking about new products and talking about things. Like you said, you have some exciting things coming up, and I'm excited to cover those things on the podcast in the future. Uh, Joe, any anything else you want to say here before we uh, we wrap up this episode? It's been a fantastic conversation. Well, I really enjoyed the conversation, but I will be self-serving at this moment. Rosewater will never compromise the quality of our product, and if somebody builds a better product, it's going to be us. So I'm going to go out on that. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic final word there. Joe Piccarilli, CEO of Rosewater Energy. Joe, always fun to talk to you. Always great. Looking forward to the next episode. Thank you. And everyone out there, thank you for tuning into this episode of The Next Generation of Energy. We appreciate it very much. Of course, we have lots of episodes of this show where we talk to other experts as well. Uh, I think the first episode of the show, we talked to Troy Morgan back uh, a while ago. Go check out that episode. Tons of great episodes for you to listen to, to learn more about the importance of power quality and everything going on in the world of energy these days. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for Joe Piccarelli, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you again soon.